Welcome to the Tech Heroes Podcast, powered by Intuit. I'm your host, Lucy Shen. I'm a tech evangelist, which means I work with technologists from across the globe to build an amazing tech culture here at Intuit. This podcast is about technologists, the tech that they're obsessed with, and the work that they're passionate about. Tech Heroes is produced by Riley Morales, and our editor is Mark Fassett. Be sure to subscribe to Tech Heroes on SoundCloud or iTunes so you can hear more amazing stories from technologists. To be featured or to nominate a tech hero, email techheroes at intuit.com. To learn more about careers at Intuit, visit intuit.com slash careers. Hello, Aviv. Welcome to the Tech Heroes podcast. It is great to see you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Super excited to be here. Yeah, I, I was told you had a really long day. I know it's really late for you right now. It's morning for me in, in like Mountain View, but it's quite late for you, right? Yeah, in Israel, it's 7 p.m. <laughs> Thank you for jumping on so late with us. I appreciate you making the time. So before we get any deeper with our chat, let's start with some introductions, yeah? Uh, could you introduce yourself, tell us about your role at Intuit, and then as an icebreaker, tell us about a book or a show that you've recently finished. Sure. So um, my name is Aviv Ben-Ari. I'm currently a principal data scientist at Intuit. I were, I'm part of the Intuit AI organization, and I'm based in Israel in Tel Aviv. My work revolves mostly around creating fraud prevention machine learning models. And my favorite research topic is explainable AI, which we'll talk about further today. The favorite book I recently finished, and I've been reading a lot during COVID as I'm staying much more at home, is Radical Candor by Kim Scott. And this is a book that talks about so many things relevant to our work, but the main message is how to give and receive feedback. And I love the, the main catchphrase of the book is actually care personally and challenge directly. And this really resonates with my experience at Intuit and in general in my career and also in my personal life. And it made a huge change in how I grasp feedback and leadership. And I really recommend this book to everyone. Wonderful. It's definitely on my reading list. So thank you for bumping it higher in my priorities. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, can you tell us about your journey so far? How did you get started in the world of like machine learning and data and artificial intelligence? You know, this whole massive field, how did you get into it? And then what brought you into the role that you're in now? Sure. So um, data has actually been a passion of mine from a pretty young age, from the age of 18. In Israel, we have to go to the army. And my army service was actually in a top-notch tech unit. And I was a cyber security analyst. And I was working with data. This was quite a while ago. I don't want to say how long. Um, and that's where my journey began. So I had access to tons of data. And I was uh, expected to produce uh really interesting insights. And after the, my army service, I went on to serve in the Israeli prime minister office. And there my specialization was again, cybersecurity, but focusing on communication protocol research. So that was the data aspect. And then I went on to study in university. I studied bioinformatics, which is a double major, which combines computer science and biology. And there I found my passion for machine learning. Machine learning plays a huge role in bioinformatics these days. And I took many courses and did some research. And shortly after I graduated, I was offered to join PayPal as a data scientist in a specific team that combines my passion for cybersecurity with my passion for data and machine learning. So it was the perfect job for me. I worked at PayPal for four years in various roles. I was a data scientist and I was a technical lead. After working in the cybersecurity domain, I moved on to fraud prevention, which is pretty similar, but a bit different. And after four great years at PayPal, I joined Intuit right at the beginning of COVID. So working completely from home. And ever since I've been at Intuit um, for the past two years or so, um, super happy, very exciting challenges, very diverse work. 
and hope for many more productive years here. Yeah, I keep forgetting that so many of our current coworkers who've been around for ages now actually have never even set foot on campus. <laughs> like so many of you started completely remotely. So yeah. I'm hoping you'll get a chance to to meet everyone in person soon. I feel like it, it makes for a really fun working environment, but I'm glad that you're having a good time even like without that. Yeah. Uh, the Women in Data Science Conference is coming up and uh, Intuit was really involved in that conference. And could you tell us a bit about what we were actually contributing to the conference and what your part in it was as well? Sure. So Women in Data Science is a global movement. Um, currently, the regional events take place in over 60 countries. One of them is Tel Aviv, Israel. Intuit uh, participates every year in the Stanford with uh, conference. And in Israel, actually, Intuit is the host of the entire conference, which is amazing and attracts over 300 data scientists annually. That's amazing. I actually didn't realize we were a formal host. Is it like a set of hosts usually? So in Israel, Intuit has been the sole host for the past five years. Uh, so we've been hosting the event ever since, and it's very exciting. Wow. And, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, it's actually how I got to know Intuit in the first place. I participated in my first WIDS conference four years ago. And that's the first time I heard about Intuit and the research center in Israel, the data science center in Israel. Yeah, I definitely feel like conferences are a big thing I've missed in the pandemic, and I'm really glad we're starting to get them back. So now let's turn our attention to something we talk a lot about here at Intuit, which is what we always say, we're building an AI-driven expert platform, but that's a really dense phrase. So could you break it down for us? What does it actually mean? Sure. So at Intuit, we would like to use AI to further the company mission of powering prosperity around the world. How can we do this? We know that AI has the potential to solve so many pressing real customer problems that we are, are all focused on. We can leverage the immense amount of data we have together with our advanced data science capabilities in order to solve these problems. For example, we can automate different procedures that small companies have to go through daily. We can do this by using AI. Knowledge engineering is a subfield of AI, which can turn um, expert knowledge and rules into automated actions. So this is another way to leverage AI in order to enhance the user experience. We also have large bodies of work around natural language processing, which is another interesting domain. And this can really revolutionize how customers interact with products and services and turn the entire experience to be more user-friendly, automated, and require less work. Awesome. So I'm thinking in terms of like the features that we have, I'm more familiar on the QuickBooks side. So would that be things like our chatbots that help connect people with care agents with the right like sort of context setting for the problem that they have? Or I think another feature I've seen is like invoices, like auto-populating data fields, uh, things like that. Are the, is that the right, am I thinking the right track for the direction? Perfect. Exactly. So chatbots, for example, leverage natural language processing. We can process the text that the user inputs and sometimes auto-generate the answer or help the user find answers from a ready-made uh, knowledge base instead of waiting to speak uh, with a specific person. And as you said, auto-populating different fields, not only invoices, is something that really can accelerate our customers' work. And we do the forecasting and everything else required to do this on a very advanced level by using uh, machine learning and data science in general. Explainable AI is one of my top passions and it has been for several years now. Explainable AI means that basically we, would let, we are striving towards transparency of our model decisions, meaning it's not enough to just um, tell the user if his or her loan was approved or declined if I'm been giving out loans. But I also would like to provide a certain explanation or some reasoning and this makes our AI more transparent, more responsible, and it also makes it more trustworthy, meaning or trustable uh, by the end users. 
Um, now, explainability is also very important for the model creators, uh, usually the data science practitioners, because when we create models, um, we don't want to use them as black boxes, right? We want to really understand what's going on under the hood. And this is important for debugging the model, for tracking the model deterioration, maybe over time or any changes in the data that may occur. And this really helps us open the black box and understand what's going on. That's definitely, that's a great point is that um, I feel like usually when we talk about machine learning, whether it's in the tech world or just with the layperson, that it's frequently treated as a black box, right? You put in the data features and then you get out a decision. So what exactly goes into, and I know it's probably a really complicated answer, but beyond just looking at the features that go in, how do you tease apart the, the layers of decisioning that happen within the black box? So this is indeed quite complex, and I don't want to go too deeply um, into the different methods. Uh, there are multiple methods, and shortly I'll explain maybe a bit about my research with university tackling one specific uh, subdomain of explainability. But in general, we would like to understand how the different features or um, the features are actually our input data. For example, if we're talking about the bank loan example, then my features would be my age, um, if I own a house or not, um, my credit score, and so on. Um, so the goal of explainability is to understand how these features interact with, you, with each other and which of the features contribute most towards the model decision. And if we understand which features contribute the most, we'll be able to understand, first of all, maybe what needs to be change, changed in order to alter the model decision, um, and also understand what the top features are for the model. For example, we, uh, we would like to make sure that the features make sense. And um, for example, a medical model uh, would have top features that make sense to a human doctor. One of the most prominent algorithms used currently is called SHAP, and it's based actually on shapely values. And this comes from economy, from the econ economy domain and game theory. So I find it really fascinating how uh, computer scientists lately adopt methods from really different fields. This, the shapely values were invented over 70 years ago, I think, uh, by a very famous economist, Lloyd Chapley. Um, and it's currently pivoted to be used as an explainability method for machine learning. So that's just one really interesting example of which, met which methods are used uh, to explain the models. And there's another vote for interdisciplinary study, right? That's amazing. Yeah. Before talking about my research, I would really like to point out that in Israel, we have uh, a small but tight community um, of researchers and data science practitioners interested in the concept and the topic of explainable AI. Uh, we have uh, reading groups where we share papers by written by ourselves or by others in the field. And there's also quite a li lively startup ecosystem of small companies um, trying to use explainability in order to enhance um, auto ML experiences, for example, or um, automatic uh, or uh, machine learning pipelines in general. Um, and I'm pretty involved in both both uh, the meetup group and uh, the startup ecosystem. So yeah, as part of Intuit University collaboration program, I recently uh, initiated a research with uh, Tel Aviv University revolving around counterfactual explanations, which is a pretty new subdomain of explainable AI. This domain has been around for, I would say, five years, so it's relatively new. And the idea of counterfactual explanations is explaining instances not by looking at the different contribution of each feature to the model decision, but by finding counterfactual examples. And this is a very different and new way to look at how we would like to explain model decisions. And this is my research topic. And I'm giving a 30-minute talk uh, in a uh, Women in Data Science conference 
around uh, this topic, both my research and a general introduction, as very few data scientists are even aware that this research field exists. No, that's amazing. It reminds me of um, when we were first figuring out like the, the human genome, and it's so massive. Like, how do you figure out like specific things that have small patterns that happen in the genes? And it all came down actually to finding the differences rather than finding the similarities, right? That That's a really interesting, that the little frame shift in the way that you approach the problem uh, can make a huge difference, it sounds like. So that, that's amazing. I'm looking forward to hearing your talk. <laughs> Hopefully we'll be able to share that here as well in the, in the links. So now we've we've spoken a lot about uh, Intuit's AI mission and your work also, both in terms of at Intuit and in your research, but I'd like to get to know you better as a person as well. You've mentioned in a few previous interviews that I watched, I heard you talk a lot about your mentorship and your volunteer work in that side. And it, it really seemed like it was near and dear to your heart. So I, I'd love to know why is mentorship so important to you? Wow, great question. Uh, one of my favorite uh, topics. So indeed, I devote a lot of my time both in, into it, at Intuit and in my spare time, my free time, uh, towards mentorship. And I feel that this is super important as this is one of the things that helped me grow the most. Um, I love consulting with people I look up to both um, professionally and also on the, top, the soft skill side. And I find this very beneficial. And if I can help even one person by um, asking the right questions or giving out advice from my career experience, um, that means everything to me. And so I'm part of the, Israel, the Intuit Israel Mentorship Pro Program for the second time in a row. These programs last for six months. And in these programs, we mentor someone that is not in our own business unit, meaning I mentor developers, for example. And although we have a uh, quite different roles. I feel that this is very beneficial both towards the mentee, but also I learned so much from my uh, mentees and I was able uh, to use this experience for uh, improving my work interactions, um, for example, as a technical lead uh, in my team um, and in general in life. I think these relationships are amazing. And outside of Intuit, I'm part of a, a woman in tech community, in the, I think one of the largest women in tech communities in Israel, called Ba'ot in Hebrew or Extend in English. And as part of this community, I mentor female data scientists looking for their next job. And I've been doing this for three years. I mentored over 20 women, um, which makes me feel that I did, I, I did make some impact, at least in the, in the, female, in the women in data science community in Israel. And I take them through from the CV step, the writing your CV and preparing for the interviews, um, selecting which companies to interview at, um, all the way up to getting the job offer. And many of them have become my close friends. And even those that aren't really my close friends, um, I still stay in touch with them. And we talk to each other and consult regarding different career challenges later on. 20 plus people is, that's that's definitely a major impact. That's so impressive. And what you said about it being, um, you know, like you're, it's not just that you're teaching the mentee, but that you're learning from them as well. And that mentorship is a two-way street. I feel like that's something that's underappreciated because we often see mentorship as like a kind of a directional, a single directional thing, right? That like, oh, you're a mentor and you help your mentee. But I feel like the opposite is absolutely true as well. Uh, do you have any fun like stories or memories from like something uh, interesting that you learned from a mentee or that changed and shaped the way you viewed the world? Okay, so um, I admit that I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and I also I, I always have to get all my talks and all my decks like perfectly ready before every every talk. And I was mentoring someone who uh, was less experienced in giving uh, like uh, talks to executives across into it. And I tried to really push this person to make the deck perfect and rehearse every single slide. And actually, my mentee suddenly told me like, "Listen, we need to stop." 
I feel like I can't, like I'm done. Whatever I have is good enough for me. And this was like a breakthrough moment for me because up to that moment, I thought that um, like everything has to be perfect or else something bad will happen. And that everyone else also thinks the same way as I do. Um, because this has been my experience throughout my entire career. And I just decided to let go and listen to my mentee. And everything was fine. Uh, she reported to me that the presentation went well and everyone loved the concepts and everything really went extremely well. And that really taught me that I need to let go sometimes and not everything has to be 200% ready before every single presentation. And I'm, I'm actually <laughs> trying to adopt that approach myself. And that was a great learning moment for me. And also, I think, a great uh, testimony of the relationship I had with her because she was able to like, really stop me and tell me that I'm, I'm, going, I'm pushing her a bit too far. Um, and, and also, I learned something very valuable that hopefully will save me a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great one. I definitely, as a fellow perfectionist, 100% I relate to the feeling that like, sometimes we need to learn to let go. <laughs> it's, I'm so happy that your mentee was so comfortable. It was comfortable enough with you, right? That they yeah. were able to push back and tell you like, Hey, time to back off. Like I'm doing yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> that's wonderful. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad it worked out for both of you. And we are now in what we call the rapid fire portion of this podcast. Just three really quick questions, right? And you just say what comes to mind. So it's just for fun. If you're ready, what is your favorite comfort food? A gluten-free cake. And the reason is that I'm actually, besides being a data scientist, I'm a professionally trained uh, pastry chef, but I can't eat gluten. So I make myself these amazing gluten-free cakes. I, that's amazing. You, of all people, would be immensely qualified for that, I guess, that you're a professionally trained pastry <laughs> chef. Wait, sorry, is that why you got into like learning how to do pastry? Um, yes and no. I've always, always loved cooking and loved baking and I'm a perfectionist. So like baking at home isn't good enough. So I decided ah. just before COVID to enroll in a professional one year class. Um, and around that time I stopped eating gluten as well. So it turned out very well. That's so good. Oh man. <laughs> if you ever have photos, I'd love to see your, do you post them? I'm like, yeah. I don't have like Slack channels I, internally for posting your like creations. Yeah. I post them on Instagram mostly, but sometimes when there's like baking competitions for GED, I also participate usually. Perfect. What's a piece of helpful advice that you recently received? Um, in short, just say no. And uh, in a full sentence, uh, learn which opportunities to say no to and practice doing it a lot more often. It's one of those things that's much easier said than done, huh? <laughs> yeah, totally. And finally, who is your personal hero? So I have a lot of people I look up to both professionally and personally. As I said, I love also to be mentored. But a specific person that really made an impact on me is Andrew Neg, And he's one of the co-founders of Coursera. And he has a very, very well-known intro to machine learning course on Coursera. And mm -hmm. I feel this course alone really changed the um, machine learning domain for not just for data scientists, but for non-data scientists, for analysts, for developers, for people looking to hear a bit about more this, uh, more uh, a bit more about this uh, mysterious concept of ML. Um, and I really feel he made a very big impact in the world. That, that course is like legendary, right? <laughs> it, it, it is. I, I, yeah. I watched it when it just came out and I think I've recommended over 50 people to watch this course, <laughs> everyone who asked me, should, should I uh, get into that field of uh, machine learning or data science? Uh, like, would you recommend the field for me? I always tell them to watch that course and then come talk to me and decide decide after. I actually, I was an intern at Coursera a few years ago and I still remember like even, even back then it was already a super relevant and super 
legendary course. And I'm really, it's amazing to me that so many years down the line, it's still so incredibly relevant that you're continuing to recommend it to people, even though like the technological field shifts, right? That the baseline of like, what is ML and what are the basics? Like those are still true and relevant. Exactly. And explaining such complex ideas and algorithms uh, in a way that pretty much everyone with basic math knowledge can understand is a gift that not many people have. Absolutely. That's what makes a good teacher is making the complex simple, right? Exactly. That is so cool. All right. Thank you so much, Aviv. It was really amazing to connect with you today and learn about explainable AI and your mentorship work and hear about Andrew Hing's um, intro to ML course. <laughs> so thank you so much for making the time to chat with us, even though you had a really long, busy day. And uh, best of luck with uh, preparations for Women in Data Science. I hope that conference goes great. I know it'll go great. Uh, thank you. Thanks again for listening to Tech Heroes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes so you don't miss out on any stories of amazing tech heroes. To be featured or to nominate a tech hero, email techheroes at intuit.com. To learn more about our careers at Intuit, visit intuit.com slash careers. Tech Heroes Podcast is powered by Intuit. Our mission is to power prosperity around the world. I'm Lucy Shen. We'll see you next time.